Okay, pasa Mufasa. This is Michael Preneur. My name's Dennis Walker. We've got a certified badass on the pod today. A human being fully in touch with their own creative genius and one who takes decisive action with that genius. You might know him as the host of the Port of Entry podcast on KPBS. You might know him as frontman for the bilingual hip-hop supergroup, Tulengua. You might know him as Grandpa Hobo. But any way you slice it, this dude has the spiritual juju flowing in abundance. And the quality and frequency of his creative output is muy, muy fuego. That means it's super fire for all you gringos out there, like me. But before we get to any of that, let's front load with a little mushroom monologue. This podcast is in fact dedicated to all facets of the mega science that is the fungi kingdom. But quite a few of our guests, including Alan today, will predominantly be talking about psilocybin. Because as much as we love mycorrhizal fungi, mushroom leather, cruelty-free meats, lion's mane, and all that fun stuff, it's the mystical, miraculous experience and the immense, largely untapped potential of psilocybin to treat vicious and unabating mental illnesses like depression, addiction, and PTSD as well as psilocybin's ability to transport people to realms of unimaginable beauty and power that stops so many people in their tracks and sucks them into the mushroom universe. A full-blown psilocybin journey can introduce you to otherworldly dimensions of divine, unyielding beauty populated with sentient intelligence. Psilocybin mushrooms are literally your ticket to the stars. And I'm not being figurative here. You can visit other worlds that are as real or more real than our own. Elon Musk could offer you two round-trip tickets to Mars, and the journey wouldn't be half as interesting as the journey you can take tonight in the comfort of your own home for 50 US dollars or even less if you have the right knowledge and connections. And those who know, they know. And those who don't, well, y'all about to find out. Because the existence of these otherworldly dimensions populated with sentient intelligences, benign alien entities, jealous tricksters, and profound meaning is irrefutable. They absolutely exist. You can visit them, experience them, and return home in one piece with a bigger brain and a more open mind. Like psilocybin literally engenders neurogenesis. It stimulates neuronal growth and promotes neuroplasticity and overall brain health and improved cognitive function. And you can do it anytime you want. Like clockwork. It's there. I'll put my money where my mouth is. I'm just gonna say it in the Queen's English. Louder for the people in the back. Psilocybin is your ticket to the stars. For real though, that's my two cents on the matter. Let's hear what Alan Lilienthal, creative genius and bona fide mycopreneur has to say about it all. Alan Lilienthal, que pasa Mufasa. Welcome to Mycopreneur. How's it going, dude? It's going great. It's going great, dude. I'm happy to be here. It's, I've, it's the first time I've ever been on a podcast to talk about mu- mushrooms and fungi, so I'm excited. Very fortunate to be having this dialogue with you. I actually remember the first time that I became aware of your band, Tu Lengua, and it was while I was teaching multimedia production at High Tech High in San Diego. Somebody showed me the video for Selva, featuring Border Angels. And I had done some work with the Border Angels organization and was all in with them. And right away when I saw the video, I recognized the creative genius of Tulengua. And I was all in. I was stoked. I'm still stoked on the work that you're doing and on your consistently quality creative output. And from the outside looking in, it seems like Tulengua's songwriting process is largely rooted in improvisation. And I think you capture that ethos perfectly in the song Purple Planets, with the line, I just dream all day, make shit up. That's how I see it from the outside looking in. I'm curious, how has psilocybin helped you to grow and flex your improvisational muscle? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I think primarily it makes you, it allows you to be more comfortable with the mystery of life, the uncertainty, right? Like, I I realized like mushrooms are not so much about, for me at least, giving me very clear answers. They're about making, allowing me to sit with discomfort, with with mystery, with with uncertainty in in a way that feels more empowered. Where I'm, where I can give 
be in it with it with confidence rather than feeling overwhelmed by this, all these uncontrolled factors that happen in the world that are is so out of our control. I mean, sometimes you have a very clear idea, but I think the magic of great art, like you hear the Beatles talk about it, like some of the things that fans love the most were complete accidents, right? Like I think if you can enter the creative process, like willing to be surprised, willing to be like to, to kind of rendezvous and dance with the mystery of creation, inspiration, whatever you want to God, whatever you want to call it. I think you, the, the, the end result is better. And the process is a lot more fun when you're, when you don't kind of impose, like, this is what we're going to do. Like if I'm with my bandmates, I'm like, this is the song, the type of song we're going to write. And this is what's going to come out. Like if you can enter that with, with more, with a softer feel and, and let, let, let the magic, like make space for the mystery to have a place in the room in the collaborative process. Right. I think that's that's a huge thing. To be honest, I don't really, I haven't experimented too much with taking psilocybin before uh, before writing. I have microdose a little bit when I'm recording and stuff, but mostly I I use it in a very kind of meditative, spiritual way. Psilocybin, where like I go, I I can't have a plan when I do when I do when I take any kind of psychedelics. If I have, so I know some people like to use microdosing for like to be more productive or to like focus their work in some way. And I've, I've found that if I have any kind of plan or to-do list, I don't fully get the benefits that I, that I, that I feel if I just kind of like leave a space in my day of like, okay, I'm going to do psychedelics, whatever they are for two, the hours that it's going to take. I, I'm willing to make music on it and I have made some awesome music, but it's, again, it's like leaving the space for uncertainty and for the magic to happen. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's my answer. <laughs> and I think you just named the episode Make Space for the Mystery. Has a nice resonance to it. So to build off the last question, you and your brother and your circle of friends have been very involved in serving the migrant populations and the very cosmopolitan migrant community of Tijuana. Of course, for anyone unfamiliar with the situation, Tijuana in Baja California, right on the border with San Diego, is the front lines for a global mass migration. There's a large Haitian community of migrants from people displaced from the tragic earthquake of 2010 in Haiti. There are West African migrants, even a small community of Eritreans, populations from El Salvador and Honduras. Also, there are people who are fleeing narco violence. There are climate refugees, of course, people who have been absolutely lambasted by disadvantageous and flat out predatory economic policies and economic imperialism. So I'm curious if you think that your experiences with psychedelics and with psilocybin have helped you to foster empathy with these migrant populations. Yes. I let me, let me think about this question, this one for a second, because that's a big question. Um, I think I always had the empathy I think because my own background is is one of migration, <laughs> like my my Jewish great grandparents left Eastern Europe because they were being persecuted and they were welcomed with open arms in Mexico and were able to find a safe home there and then moved to America where like because of whatever privilege I have, like I was able to ha be across the border and like make a home here. So so my own back like i realized how how fortunate i've been without really me doing much just by my birth of like my my grandparents had to flee and make sacrifices and they were welcomed in different countries so if i had I, i've always carried this like slight guilt almost like i didn't do anything to deserve this like why are these other people struggle like they're literally like dying struggling like really living in pretty like dangerous situ circumstances and they're like, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Like, just like they, like they, sh we should all have access is the point. Like it's the human rights is, is, a, is a, across the board. Like we all should have access to safe, healthy lives. So I think that has always been there with me. I think what, where psilocybin comes into it is, um, kind of allowing me to not be overwhelmed by negative emotions because you look out at the world and it's very easy to be sad or depressed or feel like like how the fuck are we going to fix this like there's so many 
issues like you just mentioned from climate to political to borders like there's so many things that are out of our hands right um at the same time we are i know you and i you're in merida i'm here in san diego like there's enormous blessings in my life right like i have health i have a healthy body i don't have to worry about starving tonight or where i'm going to sleep i have a beautiful home with a family who loves me um so balancing those two like okay, I have very big blessings. And I also, I feel things. I feel, I feel a lot of, you know, the, the sadness of this world, the pain of this world is, can be burdensome. And I think that can paralyze you a lot of the time, especially when you don't know where it's coming from. You feel like it's yours and your mind makes up stories about it, about like what you need to do to fix it. And you don't really know what to do. So it, it kind of like slows you down and makes you unable to bring your best self to the work, to the work of, of activism, to the work of liberation, whatever, whatever it is of service, of service to the world. Uh, I want to be able to bring the best, the best, most empowered, most stable, most peaceful Alan to that work. And I think what psilocybin has helped me do is to process those those heavier emotions um, so that they're not weighing me down, so that they're not a burden, so that I can look at them and be and still be able to act from a powerful place. So to draw a parallel to that response in my own life, in my meditations, on psilocybin, one of the key attributes or takeaways I've had is this bias towards action because I share a lot of underlying feelings and sentiments to what you just expressed. And for years, I kind of just sat on the sidelines and watched the world as it unfolded around me. And certainly coming into my early 30s and yeah, for the better part of the last decade, I've felt this, again, bias towards action, towards doing something about all of these inequities and all of these challenges and oppressions in the world and collaborating with other like-minded individuals to try to undesign some of these institutionally racist and flat out egregiously suppressing policies that are in place in the world. And there's this sense of collective responsibility that I feel beholden to for us to fix some of the issues in the world and to try to create it create a more equitable, inclusive, ecologically sound world. So I suppose that's my answer to that. Now, moving on. Ronan Levy, who is the founder and CEO of Field Trip Health. For those of you listening who don't know what Field Trip is, it is a publicly traded, massively influential company in the emerging psychedelic medicine space. Ronan Levy has said, we need more cultural influencers and pioneers to share and speak about their experiences with psychedelics and psilocybin before the mainstream truly embraces them. When did you first start publicly sharing your support for psychedelics? Um, during this quarantine, actually, I, I could see why it would be scary. And, and especially, you know, like with my parents, for so to speak, or like that community, their friends, like psychedelics are almost like heroin. Like they don't they don't necessarily distinguish between the two. It's just like, oh, it's just heavy drugs because the war on drugs in America, like did a, fa a really good job at brainwashing people or like just spewing propaganda that was that made these substances seem very dangerous where the research now shows how biologically at least super safe you can like you can't really overdose on them like they've done you can take 10 times the, the maximum dose and like there's no biological detriment to your body that's not the point that i'm trying to make i um i think this quarantine when realizing the the state of the world and how how much pain and uncertainty is is like on top of all of our collective shoulders um i think the world god is calling us to be more courageous and not be scared if something is feels true in your heart and and it feels like it would be helpful to someone to 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 a lot of people it would be helpful then why hide like because someone's going to be like oh that guy is like into psychedelics what a druggie like like i, I don't know i just like Th those fears of what people are going to think kind of started dissolving the more I delved into this work, to be honest, because because the benefits far outweigh any little fears I have of what people might think about me for being a psychedelic proponent, because I think time will only tell time will vindicate that um, these are very powerful, very powerful healing tools. And I in a time when like the mental health crisis in America in the world is only going to get is only getting heavier and I hope I hope it doesn't get heavier but it feels like we're all we all have a lot of shit to process <laughs> and access to therapy is quite expensive like good therapists charge 
way too much money in my opinion. Um, so I think we're going to have to really figure out how to increase access to mental health services across the board from children to low income communities to, to wealthy folks. Like we just, we need to have this conversation of increasing accessibility to mental health. And to me, psychedelics are an enormous, enormous, enormous part of that. We got to start talking about it in the same way that like, yeah, you, you talked about like cultural, the cultural influence of people, the same way that rappers have sold this lifestyle of like, you know, bottles and, and clothes and Louis Vuitton and Gucci and getting drunk at the club. Like the reason all those things are so popular is because our influencers continuously can praise those things. So my, one of my biggest goals in this life is like, I do want to be as big of a musician as possible. Like I would love to have a platform like Drake's to be completely, totally honest with you, because I trust my heart. Like I, I think we need more people in those positions to not only talk about ego shit, to t like celebrate me, celebrate my ego, celebrate fucking getting drunk at the club. That's all fun. Like I, I like, I like drinking with my friends and, and like looking cool in my clothes, <laughs> but, but it's time to like, I think shed a little bit of, of the ego centeredness and put issues of community service at the forefront of pop culture. And the only way to do that is to harness the power of pop culture. Pop culture is such a fucking powerful tool It's unparalleled reach across the world. And I think harnessing pop culture is one of our what if it might be our like the greatest thing we can do in order to to enact whatever ch shifts in our societal landscape when did you first develop an interest in psilocybin honestly i i would say a real adult interest um beyond the being young you know and just thinking they're a fun thing to do which i actually never went through i can go i, I had a pretty bad experience with with psychedelics in my early 20s um, and I really didn't think I would ever do them again. Um, and maybe I would say maybe a year and a half ago, uh, for, for, for one reason or another, the, the idea of mushrooms as a medicinal, I mean, I'd always heard that they've been used medicinally in shamanic cultures and, and all that. And in the sixties, you know, with the Timothy Leary generation, I'd always heard that, but, but they were a little too much for me. Like for some reason, I don't think I understood my mind well enough back in the day when I did them to 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 be able to fully surrender to them I don't know I don't know what you want to call it but but my mind was a scary place and I did not like psychedelics but maybe a year and a half ago th this it, they kept coming up in conversations in like I don't know in articles I would read about their huge potential for medicinal use so so and and I've been carrying the weight of anxiety or certain mental health challenges that I think a lot of people these days have whether they realize it or not i mean this world is in a very weird state and i think we're, we're all subject to it whether you're you realize it or not like that's information that's coming into you so i think a lot of us have anxiety bipolarism depression in some way shape or form and for me it was just a little heavy and i, I wanted to do something to anything that can help me uh transform those patterns into healthier more productive ways of being in this world uh, I wanted to try and mushrooms kept coming up. So I started trying them maybe like a year and a half ago. And slowly, as I dipped my feet into that pool, I became more and more enamored, excited about their enormous possibility. Like I see it in my own life, how, how good they are at, and we can talk the science because I've gotten really deep into the science. And also like it, Dude, this quarantine, I've decided, which if you would have told me a year ago, I would have thought you were crazy, but I'm going to actually, I'm go actually going back to school to get my master's to become a therapist so that I can practice psychedelic therapy in an official way. Um, so this has become a huge part of my life. Yo, that sense of harnessing pop culture can absolutely be applied and should be applied to the entrepreneurial world. And that's a thousand percent why we named the podcast Mycopreneur. And the basis of that is that I was living in San Francisco from 2007 to 2012 to attend the University of San Francisco. And during that time, all of these massive tech companies were coming online and all these entrepreneurs were moving into the city trying to kickstart the next Uber or Airbnb or Tinder or whatever. And I just noticed that there was so much creative genius, so many resources, so much time, so much opportunity that was being poured into developing these purely profit-oriented sort of vapid endeavors, like trying to shave five seconds off a fast food line. And you've got enormous amounts of brain power and capital being poured into these really short-sighted 
processes, in my opinion. So that's why we have this podcast, Michael Preneurs, to encourage more of this genius to be channeled into solving problems with mushrooms and creating more ecologically sound and meaningful solutions to problems. Now, it's my understanding that you grew up in the Jewish faith. I did, yes. So I grew up in the Christian church, and in both of our respective family traditions, there is a huge emphasis on miracles and the divine, on the kingdom within, and embracing the mystery and surrendering to the mystery. Do you suppose that your background in the Jewish faith helped to shape your relationship with the divine, miraculous space that one encounters when using psilocybin? I think yes, but also I very early on felt some kind of, I I felt kind of repelled by the religion. It wasn't so much, now that I'm older and wiser, you could say, uh, it wasn't so much, because I love, and now I've come back around, like I do love, there's a lot of elements of Judaism that I fucking love. But uh, back when I was younger, I I felt repelled by the dogma of institutional religion. And this kind of like, it felt like, they had lost track of what the point was. It's like it, it became about following rules rather than about God realization within, right? Like the whole point is not to not to follow these strict rules, and that that's what makes you a good Jew. It's like, okay, the reason these things even exist is to have the like to to for the relationship with God within yourself, um, and which every religion has dealt with, like the dogma versus what the actual point of this is. Um, so so very early on, like I I didn't consider myself I, I didn't like it i didn't like the religion i didn't like consider myself i i took detours into buddhism into studying islam into shaman shamanic traditions and into even christianity to be totally to, i actually have never spoken about this publicly i i have had a conversation with friends but but in my psychedelic experiences jesus has been an enormous guide i don't and i don't know why i don't know where it comes from, because Jews, as you know, like reject the idea of Jesus. Like they don't like they they think he he was like I don't know because he claimed to be the Messiah. Jews Jews as a tradition don't take to Jesus very well. But very early on in my psychedelic experiences, he has been one of my greatest spiritual. His life example, his teachings, like has been one of my greatest examples. Which many people would then be like, dude, then you're not Jewish if you if you like believe in Jesus. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what I am. That's the thing. Like I've learned, I've gleaned just as much wisdom from, from Buddhism as I have from Judaism and my formation in it as I have from like reading about shamanism and how they use psychedelics. So yeah, I, I think this, the, the, the miraculous and that, that transcendental and the things beyond, like the, I keep coming back to just being with the mystery. And and not always trying to figure it out with my head, but but definitely making space for the miraculous in your life. I think that's such a big part of experiencing miracles and experiencing grace. You know, like letting go, being willing to shed your own ideas, like little ideas of how everything needs to be and how everything makes sense, and just sitting in some space with a mystery has allowed for a way a lot more of that feeling of like, wow, this really is a miracle. That's, this is why like, it doesn't even have to be some grandiose sky opening up like Jesus come down moment. Like it's a, just I think the more you open up to that mystery, the more little things and, and li- little things start lining up in weird like coincidental synchronous ways. And I'm sure you've experienced it. And and it's really it really is a miraculous thing. Amen. Preach, Brother Allen. It's beautiful. So there have been a few recent studies conducted by highly reputable academic and research institutions such as Johns Hopkins, where various religious leaders who have never taken psychedelics before have been given psychedelics, including psilocybin and other entheogens. Entheogens, for those who are unfamiliar, of course, means God-containing plants. There were also some rabbis who were given entheogens. Have you been following these studies? Yeah, I have. There's actually one specifically one rabbi that this magazine called double blind they're unbelievable like just the way they have so artfully presented psych- the psychedelic realm to people and like making it look like a hip fashion magazine i i love it i love it um but yeah there through them i heard about this rabbi who participated in that john hopkins study who i've been following online and that kind of tapped me into this whole this jewish psychedelic society of new 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 
uh, followers of Judaism who are are bringing the psychedelics back into it so that it, to 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 really feel you know like the power of 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 God because it can be so dry any religion can be so dry and again about following rigid rules and you forget what this is really all about um so yeah i that's that's been my uh my my only the only thing that i followed i do read a lot of the john hopkins studies because i love reading articles about all this stuff but this rabbi guy is one that i've that i've been following pretty consistently it is in fact remarkable that these spiritual elders are going into these psychedelic spaces and are finding these sort of divine mysteries that are completely relatable to an experience of deep prayer or fasting or meditation. And for my money, the future of religious experience is going to be like the distant past, which of course we know a lot of religion is based entirely off of communal sacramental use of entheogenic plants. And there's tons of historical basis for this. So I think there's tremendous amount of exciting research yet to be done in this space. So to shift cultures, as Tulengua does so effortlessly, let's talk about the historic shamanic lineage of pre-colonial civilizations in Mexico. Because, of course, we've met in collaboration with various projects related to the border and to the migrant communities, as we discussed already. And there are so many incredible historical documentations of entheogen use and ritualized psychedelic use among various indigenous populations in Mexico. Of course, there's an abundance of knowledge about the connection between Mayan civilization and psilocybin and various other groups, the Aztecs, even the Olmecs before the Aztecs and the Mayans. And of course, you've got the Huichol in the deserts who are using uh, peyote sacramentally and many other examples throughout history and ongoing to the present. So my question is, do you see in the Chicano art and design border community that you inhabit, do you see your peers continuing this legacy of entheogen use for creative discovery and creative inspiration purposes? And of course, along those lines for entrepreneurial purposes. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a global thing, but I think particularly in Mexico that has such a rich, rich brujeria like shamanic curanderia curanderos like that's in the blood of mexican peoples right and i think but i think the same thing is happening where like at least peers that are my age are re reconnecting with their ancestry with their ancestral roots and these rich traditions that have been behind them for so many years and because i think maybe their parents got disconnected and their grandparents because of the stigma around these things where it wasn't so common, I think that now they're making a wave back. Um, a lot of a lot of my peers are reconnecting with entheogens for health, for mental health, for bodily health. In this time that we're so disconnected from nature, I think it, it feels to me like the Mexican youth are reconnecting with it, just like we are in America, just like people are, it seems, across the world. But there is an added depth to it because it's like, wow, this has... It's like almost like a coming home. I mean, for all of us doing psychedelics can feel like a coming home. But I think so. I think in indigenous lineages, there, there's there's there. It feels like like a return almost. And, 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 and like there's so much to explore there. Right. Like I know I have a friend who is just like. Instead of it being this whole new thing. Right. It's like, wow, there's so much potential in these psychedelics and the science of it. It's like diving backwards into your history and like oh my God, like my ancestors have been doing this forever. And there's this almost full circle moment that feels really promising. It's definitely a global phenomenon. I have seen entheogen use across the globe on many different continents. So I think that we're absolutely re-embracing this historical part of ourselves. As far as you, what is your preferred set, setting, and dosage and vibe when you ingest psychedelics? Yeah, I've been playing with it over the past quarantine months. <laughs> I've tried microdosing, which I do sometimes and I do like it, but I do prefer, I would prefer, to, I think I'm learning that I prefer big dosages. Everyone, like, I don't know. Everyone has their different rhythm. I know some people go, right now I'm in a space where like they, they just seem to be really trying to tell me something. <laughs> so I keep diving into the rabbit hole. Um, but I think I prefer doing big, big dosages 
spread out, right? Like say, say if you're doing it, I don't know, once a week, once every two, whatever it is that you do once a month and not microdosing in between those days. I think I, I'm, I think I'm, I don't want to get too formulaic about it because I'm, I'm part of this practice for me is learning to trust my intuition and like what my body wants rather than what my mind, my mind trying to build some kind of schedule and like, and like, you know, type a type, like, Oh, I'm going to do it on this schedule. And it's going to be like this and like this and like this. I I'm actively working to shed, shed some of that and, and kind of just trust that my body knows what's best. Um, so, but I am learning that I, I prefer bigger, bigger trips spaced out rather than microdosing in between. And in those bigger trips, I like to just be somewhere in nature that looks that where I feel safe, where I don't have to worry about some cop pulling up on me or like someone that I know pulling, like just so, somewhere that I feel like is a safe container. But if I, I tend to close my eyes for the majority of my trip. I know a lot of people like to explore and look around and I like that too, almost like in the second half. There's every single time that I, in the past few months that I do this, the first two, three hours are very intense. Um, it feels like there's a lot of shit to process, like almost like, you know, like a spiritual toilet. Like I have to let go of some stuff and process it before I can have fun with them. And and the second half is always super fun. And I can like, you know, it's like everything looks awesome and I can t have great conversations. But the first usually two, three hours, I close my eyes and I just let it, let it, let surrender to the, to the intelligence of these, of nature, you know? Um, but, but being somewhere beautiful in nature, whether it's at the, whether it's at the beach or at, you know, at a, at a in among some tr tree friends. So just so like in the middle of the, the, the heavy, it's, cause it does get, for me, it gets pretty heavy and nauseous, like the first two, three hours. And I've learned to, to just breathe with it. And it always, it always ends up being a very healthy experience. I always end up coming out feeling lighter and stronger and more in tune with, with, I don't know, with harmony, with truth. Um, but yeah, during those heavier portions of it, I like to be somewhere where if I open my eyes, I feel safe. I feel like, okay, there's harmony here. There's nature. It's a beautiful place. Let me, let me close my eyes again and dive back in. Dude, a thousand percent. For my money, the biggest return on investment with psilocybin or psychedelic use is eyes closed, meditative, diving in and processing, letting, as you say, yourself surrender to this intelligence of nature. So let's talk about your role in media for a little bit. You've got this dope platform with the Port of Entry podcast, and it seems like you have the autonomy to tell the stories that you want to tell the way you want to tell them. In so much of mainstream media, there's this if it bleeds, it leads ethos, and your stories are largely rooted in positivity and stories about empathy and compassion and humanity finding common ground. Where do you find the energy to be so positive and to tell these types of stories when there's mounting evidence that the world is in fact just one big raging dumpster fire? I actively only want to show up to host the show, right? Like I re we like Kinsey is the usually the Kinsey and Emily edit and write together. Mostly mostly Kinsey writes it and she edits and then I come in and like kind of like edit it to sound like it's me so it sounds like my voice and that's where I come in and like there's always something where Kinsey comes from an if it bleeds, it leads background, I think, like more journalistic, more like the conflict and drama, which is necessary for good storytelling. But but I always want to, you know, highlight the the good in this world, the positivity in this world, the 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 beautiful parts about Tijuana, because Tijuana gets a very bad rap in the media. Like that's that's always my role. I want to because it's true. Like there's already so much shit media out there that that weighs you down with how doom filled this world is that i i believe it's my path in this world to to counterbalance that a little bit with some stories of optimism and hope and just infusing people's spirits with some lightness so that they can approach their lives in a more empowered way where i find that from that that sense of faith in humanity faith in possibility faith in the future in the present is honestly a lot of it is is inborn. I'm not sure where it comes from. I think it's. I mean, I have a big faith in God. I think it's partly just the the this, the software that I was born with. Um, I've always had this very sincere and deep faith in 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 the, in an intelligence that runs everything. That everything, regardless of what it feels and looks like, and I've gone through some very dark periods in my life, 
personally for some reason on a personal level it's been harder to like on a micro on a macro level i have more faith than almost anyone that i know but on a micro level that's where my that's where my challenge and struggle has been and that's where psilocybin and these meditative mental health practices have been where i can harmonize my big faith with my moment to moment faith um and i think yeah the 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 way that i can stay light and positive is by I'm, you know, making time, just like going to the gym, keeping your body healthy, you know, like if you want to have a healthy body, you can't just go to the gym once a year. Like it's an, it's a daily thing like that you have to upkeep. And I think our emotional body, our spiritual body is the same. You, you, you just, you, you really make time for it. You know, every day meditate. I read, I read things that remind me of God, that remind me of, of the harmony of nature. I, do psilocybin. I, I, I do nourishing things for my spirit and that keeps it healthy and it keeps it positive and that does not, and I still encounter negative heavy emotions, but I can do so from, from a more skillful place where they don't overwhelm me. It's like surfing, you know, like I still, there's waves, but, but I'm learning more and more how to surf bigger and bigger waves and it gets more and more fun. So with the current pandemic and the extreme isolation that a lot of people are feeling around the planet, and the mental illness, the sadness and despair that accompany that. How do you see the reemergence of psychedelics and this huge platform? Yeah, I'm gonna get scientific with you on this for a sec. I think I think that the powerful thing about psychedelics, because I don't think I don't think it's that helpful to be uh, like a like a mushroom preacher or like this super gung ho. Like these are our saving grace, and this like this is this is it. These are the things that will save us. I think. It's healthy to to do so with some amount of not skepticism, but some like, all right. They're they're they have huge potential, but they're also not the the end all be all of solutions, right? There's this protein called BDNF that shrooms have been proving to like they flood they flood your brain with when you when you do them. Psilocybin does that, and this is the primary ingredient in neuroplasticity, meaning that the reason they are so powerful in reshaping these these patterns, like if you have PTSD or trauma or depression, you, you have very, the neural networks that you've built in your brain have become pretty deep and you can get rid of them through therapy and exercise. And over time, like there's other exercise, there's other things that give your brain BDNF and allow you to, you know, reshape your, your brain a little bit. Like exercise does that, you know, going through therapy, you know, there's many things that do that, but psilocybin and psychedelics are like, steroids for that where they they really give you open the like open the, the the hardware so you can change the software a little bit and be like okay this pattern let me make it a little weaker and let me let me strengthen this pattern of of feeling more grateful feeling more connected to nature so i think they can just be a great ally in in allowing us to get better faster Whereas with normal talk therapy, it might take 10 years to, to heal your PTSD with guided shroom therapy. It can take six months because you all of a sudden, your brain becomes a little more like Play-Doh and you can, you can reshape it faster to, to be in a healthy, in a nourished place. And, and this has been proven in this, in these scientific studies in Israel with soldiers who have PTSD, who like they were, they, they took, you know, they had anti-treatment resistant depression and like one session of MDMA, for example, completely shifted their outlook on life. Um, so, I, so I think the, and these studies have happened also with psilocybin. I, th I think they're, the science is there and it's only becoming more and more prevalent. Um, but at the same time, and I will bring this up because this kind of tripped me up and I came to a good insight about it. Um, Obviously, this last week has been a fucking shit show in America with people storming the Capitol and the far right ha having these crazy conspiracy theories with QAnon and all that shit. And I was reading an article about that. that you know that one main dude who had like the horns and he had this painted oh, face yeah. and that guy. Okay, there was an article about him and how fascinated and how religiously he takes psychedelics and mushrooms, right? Hmm. And... And there's this whole thing that we're like neo-Nazis in America love mushrooms. And I used to, I, my band played at a, a show in, a, in New York years ago that was called Evolve Fest. That was like all hippy dippy love. And years later, the, the owner was this right wing fucking nut got arrested because he was spreading all these like swastika Nazi things. 
And this was, un, like, I, I couldn't make sense of this for a long time. Like how I, I, in my perspective, thought that mushrooms inherently in and, in and of themselves, you take them and they kind of open you up to a divine truth, a, a higher understanding. They connect you to nature, to, to love, to wanting to like love people, to wanting to take care of the environment. That was my understanding of like, no, like no matter what, who you are, or what kind of crazy ideas you have in your head, these things connect you to, to the Tao, to the harmony of nature, right? And these th like hearing that this dude who stormed the Capitol and neo-Nazis love these substances makes me question that, okay, right? Because like you would think that they take these things and they want to let go of their hate and they want to be more loving. But what I am, the insight I had actually on a mushroom trip a few days ago was that mushrooms, that's why you need, that's why shamans and in indigenous culture, they do, they, they do it with someone who has a lot of experience and ha is very grounded in, in truth, right? Like they've done it a million times. And, and now with therapists, like I think if you yourself are not stable, I don't think you should fuck with mushrooms. I think you need someone, a guide, someone to help you through it because the insight that I had is that these mushrooms, yes, they make your brain a little play doughy. They almost give you a, like a godlike power, right? You can choose what kind of human you're building. You, you can choose your mental patterns a little, a little more fluidly than if you're just going through life. Like you, you can, you know, like practice more gratitude and it allows you to like really speed that up. But if you're taking mushrooms and the, and your, your brain, all of a sudden, you know, you become, you become disassociated and your brain's a little more play doughy. And all the information that you're inputting right after that trip and during that trip is conspiracy theories, you know, so, like neo-Nazi shit. Then your brain is only going deeper and deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole. It doesn't inherently connect you to these to 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 um, the force of nature. It actually it reshapes your brain in the image of what 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 you're putting into it. That's why set and setting are so important. Like, right. Being in nature, if you're in nature with loving people, you, that's the input that you're giving your brain. And that's what your brain is re kind of shaping itself to be. But if everything around you, when you're doing mushrooms is fucking neuroses and conspiracy theories, then you're going to, you, you need a good environment and a good guide and people who are loving around you because shrooms also like electricity, you can power a village or kill someone with it. And I think in the wrong hands, they can like look at Charles Manson. Charles Manson used psychedelics to delude his followers into this these fucking crazy theories because when you do take these psychedelics, you're very sensitive and you can you you believe information, right? Like there's there's something to them that there's there's there is a danger that I'm seeing to them that I didn't see a week ago that in the wrong hands they can be used to brainwash. And I think that's why it's so important that we have this information out there and we are training guys we are training guides and therapists and people who want to use these medicines for good because i would hate to see you know like if if people start reading that this dude this dude who stormed the capital like loved mushrooms they're gonna the stigma is gonna be right there like oh dude shit these are bad things and they're not bad things it's just like electricity in the wrong in the right hands in the hands of jesus electricity Fuck yeah, you, 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 it's great. In the hands of someone like uh, Hitler, you, he's going to kill some motherfuckers with that electricity. And I too share your unabashed faith in humanity and in our potential and the direction that we're heading. I think that these tools are falling into the right hands by and large. There are pockets of people all over the world that are rapidly and exponentially growing into forces of nature and to people who are taking this collective responsibility for redesigning the world for taking all of the bullshit that's been laid in upon us and mainlined into our veins 24-7 in such a negative divide-and-conquer rhetoric type of way, there's large amounts of people that are starting to abdicate themselves from that burdensome role, from that sense of being powerless and helpless and just kind of following orders and marching along to the beat of someone else's drum. And I absolutely look at the work that you're doing. I consider you to be a bona fide micropreneur, someone who always has had this sort of juju and enigma behind them, and you've really taken it to the next level and are continuing to build and connect and create this incredible creative community that I see limitless potential for communities like yours, the Tulengua community, and 
your circle of friends. I've just been very inspired by it. And I see a lot of similar sort of parallel actions being taken in the other communities that I'm a part of. I, I have total faith in, 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 in our moment and that we will, the good will prevail and we, we will be able to build a society that, that is benevolent, that works for all of us, that is not, that is not you know, giving some people luxuries at the expense of the suffering of so many people. I think we can do that. And I do genuinely think that psychedelics will play a huge role in allowing us to shed these rigid patterns of, of rigid ways of looking, thinking, thinking that we have to do do society in this specific way, like the way we structure our relationships, our transactions, our our, our financial systems. There's a lot of work to do, but I think that I do think that the 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 opportunity that these that nature has given us with these substances is for us to really more quickly than if we didn't take them tap into these new possibilities because it's a, it's a pretty urgent situation like climate change like the, this political turmoil like we we gotta we gotta figure our shit out now like we got here you know it's it's time it's like now is the moment now is the moment that that we've been waiting for to rebuild this society and what better way to what if we have tools that can help us see those new futures and bring them into the present and 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 let go of whatever structures haven't been working those tools those tools got to be talked about and <laughs> they got to be promoted so one of the ways that you mentioned that you're affecting change is by harnessing pop culture and two lingua does that very very well and i see a huge huge ceiling for two lingua and for your own creative pursuits with your solo body of work that you've been putting out recently when i was 18 years old I discovered psilocybin and Radiohead in congruity, and the combination of them together blew the roof off my imagination. So I'm curious, who are some of the bands or artists that blew the roof off your imagination at a seminal age? Uh, Radiohead was definitely a big one in high school for me, where I, like, yeah, I didn't see that, I didn't even consider that music could be that. You know, like when like you rediscover an artist and you're like, holy shit, I had no idea there was this much possibility out there in the sonic landscape. You know, it's like you think you you're on Earth this whole time and all of a sudden you look up and it's like, holy shit, there's a million, million, trillion unmeasurable space out there. And I think that's what Radiohead did for me as well, where it's like, holy wow. Um, a big one for me is the Beatles. The Beatles have always been a guiding, my northern light, my guiding light in music. Um, because, again, th their, their music has a universality to it that hasn't really been... I mean, obviously, there's been huge bands since then. But even to today, like, not only Drake has broken some of the records. I think Ariana broke one of them. But, like, to for 50 years not be able... There's some, there's some universality, a universal language that they tapped into their music that has always fascinated me. And I've always... I've always like felt like was in me. Like I, I want to do that, be able to do that because music has this, this gluing community power where if we're at a show and this frequency is running through me and through you, all of a sudden we're com connected by this intangible frequency thing. So music has this great power and the way the Beatles did it with their melodies that transcended age, transcended time, transcended race, transcended all these divisions like that everyone can hear themselves in somehow in the Beatles. Um, there's just something fascinating about it to me. Like the, the, again, I think pop culture is another, the biggest tool we have to harness in order to, to, to shift, continue shifting society to a more equitable place and pop mu music, music to me is the highest art form. I may be biased here, but music Music allows you to imagine things without telling you what to imagine. It allows you to connect to the mystery realm where like you, it's so powerful, man. And the Beatles, the Beatles tapped into something universal that that I really, really, really hope it is infused into my music by my thousands of hours listening to them. <laughs> Well, you can't get much bigger and better than either of those acts that you mentioned. And also, as you referenced Drake earlier, I'm a massive, unapologetic Drake fan. Big time. So we've covered a lot of ground today. And I just want to let you know how fortunate I feel that I got to be a part of this conversation with you. And 
I'm tremendously inspired on a daily basis by the work that you're doing and much of the creative community in San Diego. So I feel like I owe you a debt of gratitude. And thanks a lot for coming on Micropreneur and having this dialogue about psilocybin, about your entrepreneurial exploits and the creative process, the creative genius that is Alan Lilienthal. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Dude, thank you for having me. Like, uh, I hope I hope this is the beginning of a lot. I, I want to I get so energized by talking about this stuff because it feels like it feels so purposeful and so useful and helpful to so many people that whatever whatever little information I can pass on is so important to me um, because it was done for me and I want to continue the train of giving you know of, of, of being able to if someone's stuck in some dark place and they don't see the light in this world like whatever whatever you whatever role i can play in, in like at least making them feel possibility the possibility of healing that is huge because i've been in that dark place where where it feels like you might never get out of it you know um and that little glimmer of light is is is, is, is divine dude it's, it's all you could ask for when you're in those moments so whatever we got to do to turn those light bulbs on for people There's so much to cover in the mushroom universe and so many mycopreneurs leveraging the infinite potential of fungi to create a more ecologically balanced, inclusive, and equitable world for all of us mischievous little monkeys. I am completely stoked that you've chosen to spend some of your hard-earned time in our little corner of the mycoverse. Hop on the gram, say what's up, at mycopreneur podcast, that's the handle, don't get it twisted. We've got the full suite of social media up and running. Twitter, Michaelpreneur. Got the YouTubes dialed in, Michaelpreneur. Drop us a line. Tell your grandma and your kooky uncle. Tell your wife and your kids. If you're a Michaelpreneur yourself, you want to hop on the pod, by all means, willkommen, bienvenidos, welcome. Don't be a stranger. Let us know your thoughts on this episode, and also let us know what you want to hear in future episodes. This is a team effort. Thanks for stopping by the... Thanks for stopping by the Mycopreneur Podcast. Have a lovely day. We'll see you back here next week.